from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Final hour of the program. Silver 7's is the spot. Come down. We're over by the Bud Light Bar. Grab a seat. Hang um, out. What's up? We never came back from, from break earlier and you did about you wanting to beat up a coworker or whatever is having beef. Oh, I, I didn't we, forget. I never forget. Oh, okay. It's in my Cofield esque steel trap of a mind. Okay. I didn't forget. Maybe I was waiting for, I don't know, like a prime time spot, like afternoon drive, you know, people get off about five o'clock. Maybe we want to hear the answer to that question. You maybe I mean? maybe you were saving it in case that person was listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well no, there's I'll tell you this. Yeah, there's no shot. You're referring to what I said, which was I got into a beef with a coworker and they ultimately quit their job that day. I will tell you that there's no shot that person's listening right okay. now and or even remembers because it was such a short-lived beef. I hated this guy. Oh, what, you just summarized. Okay, so it's not Stormy. Okay, good. No, it's not Stormy. Good. It's actually a, it's, it's from my barista days. Because that's my dog. No, it's from my barista days. Don't worry. I've actually, okay. theoretically, Stormy and I work together at the same company, Stormy Bonatoni, who, of course, is one of the hosts we have over at VSIN, but I've never worked with her directly. Like maybe she's once or twice, yeah. So she's still a coworker, but I would not. I've not been in the scenario which beef would then. What's the word I'm looking for? Grow, well, manifest. Just, you know then, I mean? then we might have issues. No, no, of Stormy's course. my dog. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Five, number five. Cock Captain. <laughs> that is. <laughs> I'm gonna break the first time I say it. <laughs> that is the name that many are pushing for. For a rooster, that'd be the South Carolina Gamecocks rooster. Sir Big Spur. Sir Big Spur. Now, it seems that there is a disagreement between the Bird's original owners, Mary Snelling, and Ron Albertelli, mm. and the new owners, Beth and Van Clark, over whether or not the animal's comb on its head should be trimmed. According to a report from the Charleston Post and Courier, the original owners trimmed the rooster's comb, the red fleshy area on its head. That sounds painful. Yeah. To make the bird look more like a fighting gamecock, the Clarks have opted to keep the comb intact, citing the health benefits of the bird. An agreement with the original owners allowing the use of the Sir Big Spur name has expired, and South Carolina guiding the process to select a new name. Let me ask you this. Have you ever been to cockfighting events? I, I don't want to, like, no, I've not. If I wanted to, is a different question. When I was a little kid, when like one of those times where like your best friend and the and he's going away for the for a couple weeks to grandma's house or something, I can't I can't even remember who it was, but I just remember going with him and I remember seeing it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be crazy. It was pretty cool. <laughs> It'd be getting pretty wild. It was pretty dope. Now the state has some suggestions for a new name for the rooster. Okay, cock commander Marco Pollo. Mm. Cluck Norris mm. among the names. Cock Captain also in there. There's a lot more. Oh, you got a couple more? Yeah. What well, else there, you got? There's Okay, there's Cock Commander, Captain Cluck, Cluck Norris, Mr. Chicken Scratch, Coop or Cooper, Kicking Chicken, Brewster, Marco Pollo, Cockadoodle Dude. Lame. All of them. Look. We can we the obvious funny name is obvious. That's a great name. 
Yeah, I think anything we're re- re- referring to a chicken has to go because isn't like a chicken like like if you were to so the idea of like a game cock right of a, of a fighting, you know, in in a cockfight right is is like if you were to put a a rooster and a chicken in, in a fight, chicken doesn't stand a chance. So I don't think that you can use any reference. So anything cluck right chicken they gotta go gotta go that's out. That's that's automatic. So even Marco Pollo, which I kind of like, which is a good name, gone. For, yeah, but gotta go. It's a good go. point. Little dude is a little is it's 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 catchy, but it's gimmicky to the right. It's fun. It can't be fun. It's got to be mean. It's right. got to be nasty. We're tournament football games here. Yes, man. I get that. There's other like athletic departments, but no, right. this is about the football program right yeah. now. Yeah. And also, I mean, come on, Cock Commander, you can dress him up in little outfits. Like a commander outfit, yeah. things like that. Yeah, like that's got to be the name. He like used. a little Napoleon of some kind. Was he a commander? I, I, I would want to be well, historically no, accurate. Well, I'm just saying that kind of outfit, that look, right? That's what yeah. I'm assuming. Like, the, like oh, the blue, it's a good one. Like, like the, the old school French, like with the frilly yes. thing around the neck. Yeah, like 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 in Sopranos when uh, Tony had the had the the draw uh, the the painting made of him with the horse, and then he got rid of it because the horse died, and Paulie pulled it out of the dumpster, and then he had it repainted yeah. in a commander general's outfit. So yeah. By the way, I think I messed up at the beginning. I think I called him uh, cock captain. It is cock commander. That would, I, yeah, that would I, be the name. Yeah, you yeah. you said it correctly. I had to. Now here's the that. thing. That could be the name, but what are you calling it for short? I mean CC. CC. Yeah. I think that's where you go. There's no way that this doesn't win. Like so, for example, I haven't actually followed up on this, right? But when you leave choices to the masses, mm. I mean, you generally get the funnier and better selection. So, like for example, I haven't did you, like I want to see two, three months ago. I have to follow up on this. San Jose State for their basketball program put out on Twitter four new floor plan ideas for their gym for the basketball team, and one of them was like this electronic design, like it looked like a giant microchip, essentially. Yep. Yeah. And I, I voted for the microchip and retweeted it, and I was like, there's no way that the microchip does not win here. And I believe it won the poll, but are they really going to actually make their floor a giant microchip? I don't know. I have to follow up on it. Who is one of the meanest, if you can think back? How old are you again? I am. You're going to be about to be, be 32. To be oh, no. 40? What the hell? Get out of here. Jesus. I remember 32. in 1982 watching one of the meanest enemies – the bad guys in the movies beating up like who who is the, who is everybody's favorite Clubber Lang. No, I got nothing. I don't know. So could, so could I've heard the name, but Rocky I, I Three, Clubber Lang, oh, Mister T. Rocky sucked. I've not. I'm not watching How can the rest you, of them. No, but it's the well, you just shush. <laughs> I'm an the, old man. The, the uh, it you take Clubber Lang and you maybe play off that in some way, shape, or form like Clubber Cock. Nobody in the stands would have any idea what they're referring to, though. That's true. They're all college kids. Yeah. Well, I was just saying with the Mohawk, the Mr. T, you put chain, gold chains on it. Be kind of dope. Number four. All right. Not dope. Not I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of pains and sicknesses that I can deal with. The one that really bothers me is like stomach stuff. You know what I mean? When you got the rumbling and you're tumbling. And you either got to go to the bathroom a bunch. Bubble like, guts. Like, yeah. So, like, I'll tell you this. I don't want to get too graphic. Um... So cherries, I learned, they're kind of like a diuretic almost. Like if you eat enough cherries, like black cherries or the pits, it gets stuff going. I see what you did there. Well, but there was one time, Willie, I love cherries. At band camp? 
and I ingested too many, and it was the night before my wife and I moved into our new spot. Yeah. And so the entire day, I had the runs, and like I and I was running to the bathroom every like two minutes, and she may or may not have had to with her mom move most of the, our stuff because I was too busy just going to the bathroom all day. What, what, Hate stomach issues. Where do you where do you get to your late forties and then you have the the mandatory colonoscopy? I'm looking forward to it. Clear me out, baby. What's funny is I, I had to do that, and I did it two years before at 48, and the stuff that they give you, like they were like, the girl goes, look, I'm not telling you to sleep in your bathroom, but what I'm telling you is that we've had people that have said, I wish I would have slept wow. in my bathroom. I said, I, I'm, I, my, my bed's pretty close to the door that goes into the bathroom that's in and around the corner in the private bathroom. She goes, I'm just saying, I think I went to the bathroom twice. Okay. But now, going back to our fat pack, you know, in terms, terms of heel, I keep the fiber up. So... Ooh. Got to tell you, the new diet too. Man, a lot of energy, huh? A lot of energy, but there's a lot of, a lot, of, a lot of it. Gotta, you got to do what you got to do. Gotta, <laughs> do Unfortunately, gotta do. the Dolphins canceled their joint practice with the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday after a stomach bug sidelined multiple players. Uh, Coach Mike McDaniel said this was a unique curveball early this morning. We don't really know totally where it was coming from, and we're just trying to be overly cautious. Mm. Does that mean that they were sharing their cafeteria like That's the Raiders saying, and yeah. Patriots? Do you think? Do you think actually Did that Philly the Eagles, bring it? Yeah. Were they throwing some chocolate X lax in the smoothies? Oh, some visine. Yeah, yeah. You know the cocktail waitress. That's what of they do. Yeah. If they don't tip at the blackjack tables. They put the visine drops in That's and right. then. So, I like the under, under thirty-seven and a half. Total hasn't moved; it's been sitting there because of the stomach issues. Sure, okay, it's yeah. a good angle. Well, they're dehydrated. You know, if you get the you get bubble guts, you get the runs. You're dehydrated. You got to get IVs. Whatever. Would I, I, mean, would I not game Saturday to argue the other side of it? Would I not say that I like the over because Miami's going to be so messed up? The Eagles are going to run rough shot on them and score like forty points. But. <laughs> I thought both teams were affected. I don't know. Oh, a few members of the Dolphins staff have been affected also. Yeah. Well, then why wouldn't you just play the Eagles and the under? Okay. it's a good point. It's a good point. I like it. You know what, Willie? Actually, I'm going to argue that. I don't like it. I'm going to throw the flag on that. Wow. That was what do you nice say to that, buddy? Well, what I say is that <laughs> there's only one place you throw the flag. Okay, and that's up on Las Vegas Boulevard at Treasure Island every Saturday with myself and Gooch wow. from 9 to 11 a.m. right here on ESPN. Is that the name of the show? Throw the Flag. Wow, really? Yeah. That's, is, that's the only place that you actually can throw the flag. And Gooch and I, Gooch from uh, Comp, we uh, we got a nice little show going. We are on uh, Season 2, Episode 4. The fun thing for me that I've been doing has I've been doing the rejoins. Between Ari and Cofield, they've coached me on mm-hmm. how to do the stuff, you know, and then our producer, demond has been helpful with some stuff. But I have had a great time because I feel like I'm back in the day with the push-button cassette, you know, where you, you were holding the pause button for the song to come on the radio, and then you hope the DJ shut up so you could release know. it. Oh, yeah, know. and then, then you pull the cassette out, and you put the pencil in there, and you twist it back just mm-hmm. a little bit to make sure your mixes go. I feel like I'm on that with the, with the app and making all these uh, – these rejoins and everything, so uh, I'm kind of, I'm enjoying that part of it because I'm throwing a bunch of old school funk. But you know what is not enjoyable, not to Raider fans. Apparently, you know they got the ships, the pirate ships. Out wow, in front I thought of, you said something else. Yeah, out in front of the the 
they got the two pirate ships. Apparently, there are a couple of pi uh, Patriot flags hanging. Wow. From the pirate. They're ships. moving in everywhere. <laughs> they They're take, taking over they the facility. facility. Yeah. They they've overrun. They they pushed the Raiders crew that comes in. Yeah. Out of the M. They've been staying down at the Delano. Wow. Patriots at the M, baby. Now, Treasure Island has flags on their ship outside. Now, a reporter saw this and asked about it. Okay. Were you going to ask me something? No, no. This is. Apparently, they're up for the spirit of competition and everything they do. That's why they have the dueling paint, uh, ships. Their Raider flags are still uh, up. Okay, so. okay. Now, do you know the story of those ships? Do you want to hear a little history of Las Vegas? Hold on. Let's make this in the next number. Okay. Number two. All right. We're going to push out boring golf talk. Yeah. Give me the story. Okay. I mean, I was going to tie it into your oldness. I mean, you're going really down a rabbit hole today about, you know, a lot of old stuff. So I was going to tie that in. But Everybody loves old Vegas. Who doesn't love story. old Vegas? Okay. So the Mirage is known as the first resort on the Strip. Okay. Everyone used to go down to watch the volcanoes. Treasure Island was built. And they had the pirate ships. Right. I remember watching as a kid. Okay, so Steve Wynn stood upon, atop that pirate ship, and at the same, because he had bought the Dunes property, mm -hmm. and he was making way for the Bellagio, the historic Dunes where so many lounge acts at the top. Kevin Bacon. No. Oh. So many oh, lounge acts. Oh, no, that's Tremor. Sorry. Bob Anderson. Dune. Bob Anderson, one of the original singing impressionists who Danny Gans, the late great Danny Gans, got his tutelage from used to imitate the, the Rat Pack and so many others. The Rat Pack used to go and watch him at the top of the dunes, and he joined him on stage. Mm. Well, Steve Wynn brought an end to the dunes and the golf course that ran from Flamingo to Trop, running us alongside the 15. He bought that and imploded it the same night that they opened Treasure Island. Wow. Well, they made a spectacle of it. It's kind of late, and I believe, well, maybe all the stations. They, they, they did it live. They did the countdown. Captain, are you ready? And they did a countdown. Pirate ships, as if they were shooting at the enemy. And it, uh, when they blew the cannon, yeah. they imploded the dunes. Okay. Smoke bellowing down Flamingo toward Koval. It was a huge show. They put on the big show. What year was that? I don't know. I don't remember. 19... I was going to say, it's a 19-something. 91? 91 or 92? Okay. All right. I was like one or two years now. old. I remember it. Now I'm going to look it up. Number one. Did you... you, but you, you oh. Ari made... Uh, sorry, I can't control Ari. Ari's a nightmare. Nobody can control Ari. Yep, he did that all on his own. All right, we're going to set this up. We'll talk a little bit more. So we've talked a lot about the Raiders' perspective of what you've been seeing at, at camp, yep. right, specifically with these joint practices um, with the New England Patriots. On the other side, let's talk about this from the Patriots' perspective because all training camp, Willie, and I know you've been more tied into it this week because of you know them being here, I don't think I've read a single positive thing about the New England Patriots' training camp up to this point, and that's a pretty big deal for a team that won 10 games last year. It's the Big Five at Five, brought to you by Battle Born Injury Lawyers. If you've been injured, call Justin Watkins at Battle Born Injury Lawyers, 570-9000. Live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. 
Yeah, get on down here now. Happy hour's over, but man, you got to check in on this happy hour. It's available three to five, two dollars seventy-seven cents. That's pints, shots, margaritas, and there's stuff throughout the week. Thursday, nifty fifty plus slot tournament food discounts, eleven times the points. There's a lot of stuff going on Friday. How about the two hundred fifty dollars hourly free play drawings? And much more. Silver Sevens, the spot for Cofield and Company on Thursdays, three to six until September first. Then we're going to be here two to five, starting on September 9th, running through the football season. We, that is Vontobo y los Vatos, Willie Ramirez is alongside as well. So, we've talked a lot about the training camp and the joint practices between the Patriots and the Raiders. Yeah, and I think you I think you'd agree, right? Positive for the Raiders coming out of this and heading into the game tomorrow. Yes, sir. New England's another story, though, because. Just at the beginning of camp, Willie, I don't know if you remember, the reports coming out like this offense was terrible. Mm-hmm. The offensive line was getting no push. They were getting beat by their own defense. Mac Jones and the offense couldn't really get anything going. I think it was at the beginning of these joint practices, which it was reported the Patriots, by their own word, had their worst practice of training camp and of this preseason. What have you? You've kind of alluded to this. You would, you said that a vast majority of if you had like battles, you know, reps, whatever. Raiders more often than not look like they have been the one, whether it's individuals or teams that have come out on top. What have you seen from New England? Because I'll tell you from a betting perspective what I think about them in a minute, but it does not seem positive heading into the year. No, it doesn't. Um, what was it? What's today? Thursday? So Tuesday's practice, Mac Jones looked horrible until the end when they went in their two-minute drill and he finally came alive a little bit. But up until then, he looked terrible. In the, in the first set of drills that they had done one-on-ones and whatnot, and then because um, they come over, they came over by us and then did 11-on-11, and then they did 7-on-7s, seven but um, he had thrown two picks. So, and as good as, you know, I mean, you can say on both sides because, like I said, when Carr, and, and when Carr was under center, he looked fantastic. I mean, he was throwing dimes. I'm talking in the corner. They were running routes in the corner of the end zone, and he was just it, – it, it reminded us, and somebody asked about it, I think, when he was available on Wednesday, that, you know, are you um, – t- you talk about just being able to throw it. He had said, like I think in OTAs, being able to just th- just drop him back, knowing the route, but throwing it in the vicinity that, he, that Devontae's supposed to be at, and he could count on him being there. And he said he's sort of starting to get that feel, you know. Um, I don't know if it's because it was against that defense or if it's just over the course of three weeks. But New England did not look like a team that – it just didn't look like the Patriots, like a, like a team that you would be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I based on what you're seeing, what we're seeing, and what's how the rest of the division has shaped up – now, I don't know about the Jets, but I'm not sure – how the Patriots are going to contend with the Dolphins with their rebuild offense. So, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's not promising. They just didn't look threatening. They didn't look, you know, and I don't know if it's coming off of the week that they had, you know, in Carolina. It's a lot different when you're, like Derek Carr said, you get so much out of joint practices than you do the 14, 15 reps you're going to get in the preseason. So it's like playing in a game for two straight days because right. you got another team up against you. So, Whereas the Raiders have been going against themselves for a few weeks, Patriots are back-to-back and going up against it. It could benefit them that they're coming in battle-tested and having to face the Panthers in Foxborough and then coming here to Las Vegas, traveling out here, making a whole week out of it. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it because it's still the preseason. They're still going through different formations. You hear, you know, we heard Belichick spoke. We heard McDaniels. We've heard him talk for weeks that we're going to be doing different rotations with different guys. We're not going to have the same sets of five guys on the line because if you do that, you're just, you know, it's it's not realistic because you're not going to have that all season. Um, what I can tell you is that Belichick's got his hands full in the decisions he's going to have to make in the next two weeks. Have you gotten a sense of who's been running the offense from a play-calling standpoint? No. No? Not yet. Um, but, this, you know, the, the, what has come out just in saying that, you know, Belichick, if he's got to take over, if it comes up to and he's got to take over, that he will. Because I, 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 when they get to the to the nitty-gritty of the scrimmages yeah. at practice, they're in the middle field. So you've really got three much. fields. There's three fields. Well, here's the thing. Where we're sitting, you got three fields, and um, we're either on way on one side or way on the other. And so that middle field, when they're doing joint practices, the guys are standing up like as if you were – imagine looking down from the press box where they line up on the sidelines. So they're all standing up. So unless you got got – even if you have binoculars, right, right. you're having to you know look so far, plus the way the media was stacked, right, with the Boston media, with us – so I didn't, and the and the second day I went in for the second half practice. It was hot, and I need, to, and I already knew what I was writing. You know, it's different. It's different with AP than it is for of course these guys. So I'm I'm trying to get this the story I was doing that day out where all I had to do is wait for a couple of quotes, pop them in, and I could file and go. So I didn't stay for that. Um, I was reading some of the Boston media's reports just to see what they had to say in general. Um, but I, no, I couldn't tell who was calling the plays. So, I, and the reason why I think this is interesting is one because the Patriots they won ten games. They were pretty good last year. Um, you mentioned the division they're in. The Dolphins roster wise are really good, and yep. well, you know whatever Tua is, that's a conversation for another day. They have the Super Bowl favorites, the Buffalo Bills, in there too. Um, so I got a few win totals. I bet the Patriots under eight and a half. I like that, and um, and it's not even just based on what we're hearing. This is before training camp started, mm-hmm. and you you've mentioned kind of some of the stuff that I think we're going to see. Their cornerback room is kind of a mess. J.C. Jackson's gone from last year. They brought in Malcolm Butler to fill in. Brought him in, by the way, from retirement. And he has, I think it's a hip injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year. Yep. That the, just came the, out today. Yeah, right. They, that, that secondary is going to be quite a bit of an issue <laughs> for a team that loves to play. Like, man, coverage relies on the strength of their DBs. And on top of everything going on with his offense, I, I, I really do think we're in for a um, – a somewhat down year for New England after what we saw last year. Yeah, it looks like they actually released him. Oh, did they? Released, Malcolm Butler? They yeah. released cornerback Malcolm Button for injured reserve. Yeah. They, sent, they sent out a press release, so we've been getting some of their press releases. Okay. Yeah, it's – it's uh, it, you know, the thing that I find interesting, though, about – because you asked about who's calling the plays is uh, Belichick is a defensive man, mind. And, and we asked Chandler Jones about this because I asked him because I did a story on, you know, just – the mentor-mentee aspect of it and how he – because Josh McDaniel spoke and talked about how he's watched his father mm-hmm. for X amount of years, and then he, he started his career under Nick Saban and then under Bill Belichick and how Bill Belichick has had that impact on his career more than anybody else. So we asked a couple of the players, and Chandler Jones was like, well, one's a complete – you know, they're two different entirely people. Bill Belichick's a defensive coach. Josh McDaniels is an offensive coach. So the fact that we're wondering who's going to be taken over and you have a defensive mind, and it's not like Bill Belichick is – I mean, obviously he knows what he's doing, but right. still, 
it goes to show you how much trouble that offense is going to be in. Yep. With a second-year guy who looked pretty promising in year one, that's the other big part about it. Do you stunt his development in a system that is going to be, I don't know, maybe destroyed? Who knows? Maybe they get it right. Well, but. and 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 you talk about unders, you know, from a betting standpoint, it makes you wonder if games that they go in, how much the under, you want to look at inflated totals because they're going to be depending on their running back room. Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of running, a lot of try to ball control, play and keep away. So, yeah, it's a... It's a little troublesome, I would imagine. Get in the game with the William Hill Pro Pick'em Football Contest for your chance to win over $1 million in cash prizes. Register by September 11th at the William Hill Racing Sportsbook inside Silver 7's Hotel and Casino. How do you do when it mattered most in the playoffs? He always elevated. His numbers got better, so he's better than the best ever who's himself right? (laughs) That's Michael Jordan. That was Mariano Rivera. Aaron Rodgers is much more like Peyton Manning or Alex Rodriguez. Eventually, they win championships, but clearly, their postseason play is not up to the standard of their regular season play. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver Sevens, it's Cofield and Company. Wow, strong words. Strong words from Max Kellerman. Can I tell you something, Willie? Yeah. I like being in this industry a lot. Okay. Listening to topics like that, that may or may not cause my brain to bleed a little bit. <laughs> I'm not sure if I could do it. I'm not. Because if, if someone if someone presented this topic to me in very serious nature, like, let's talk about this, man. Like, no. Like, why? That's the dumbest thing. I, I don't I don't get it. Or we can have a spirited debate about this. You ready for this? I'm ready. I cracked my neck for the people who couldn't hear it. I am not talking about Michael and Aaron Rodgers in the same conversation. Wow, you're kind of getting into it. Right, because Aaron Rodgers is that much better than him. What? Yeah. He's what? Me. Yeah, you heard me. R-E-L-A-X. Oh, I almost got him to bite. <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even. Relax. Oh, yeah. wow, we fixed the drop. Okay. The X is back, huh? The X is back. It's kind of like the uh, In Trouble with the Curve. You seen that movie? No. Well, well forget it then. Is here, can I say something really quickly? So a lot of people like will throw movies at me, especially. And my thing is like, you know, I tell people I don't really watch movies that were made or released uh, before I was born. Trouble with the Curve is like a few years ago. Clint Eastwood. No, no, Justin oh, Timberlake. It was a baseball sounds, movie. It sounds terrible. It's a baseball movie. It sounds terrible. It's a fantastic. You would like it. Clint Eastwood's batting like zero for ten in his last few movies. You would like this movie. What was the uh, cry macho? <laughs> Come on, it was terrible. You have a new assignment. Watch what? Trouble with the Curve. I'll put it on the list. I'll get it done. <laughs> I'll make sure I get right home. While you're making some Greek yogurt, but, uh, chocolate pudding. But I'm also uh, no, I'm not a big movie guy. That's kind of the that, that's my problem. Are so you, like when are, people throw like movies at me, are like, you a I'm TV not, show guy? Kind of like I was just Seriously? saying, like like I watched uh, me and my wife have been watching the boys on Amazon. Um, where like what we've been doing what lately is, that is about? oh, it's great, it's great. It's like a I'm going to say this, and you might immediately tune out because Adam did too. But there's more to it. It is a TV show based around superheroes, but it is like a realistic version. Like they're you know people, so they're pieces of crap, and they're um, corporatized or whatever the word is. So like they're run by this corporate entity. So it's not like this like. Hey, look at these perfect you know, humans yeah, yeah, that like yeah. you know, like Marvel. Yeah. No, like they're all pieces of garbage. They do drugs. They have orgies. Like it's ridiculous. It's a great show. None of them same Willie, right? 
Oh, no. Okay. Well, I was going to say something, but there's one that has a power that, anyway. Um, well, I mean, it just, I mean, it just takes place in the late 80s. I'm, I mean, no, this anyway. one this one takes place in current day. It takes oh, place in no, current day. I can't. I have, then I, nothing would be based Aaron Rodgers? Oh, Aaron Rodgers. Better. You, know that, you know that Michael Jordan in today's day and age would probably just be like Gary Harris, right? Uh, not Gary Harris. Yeah, Gary Harris. He might be worse. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Let's move on. So. I, I did want to have a conversation, but I saw this article. I clicked on it the other day, and um, I thought it was an interesting piece. Mike Romala wrote it over at the Las Vegas Sun. Headline, Prep Coaches, UNLV football falling short in recruiting at Las Vegas High School. One coach says, quote, we've had more ex-UNLV coaches come by than current ones. Romala writes uh, essentially about, and this is mainly from the perspective of local coaches, right, about how UNLV is failing to recruit out here in Las Vegas and not bringing guys in. And one coach said, quoted, nobody from UNLV has even tried to make contact outside of promoting a camp. It goes on to point out, like, a lot of the stuff. You know, I would wonder, part of my question is this. How important is it for a program like UNLV to recruit from the city that it resides in? Well, building that pipeline, that relationship, with these high schools that are out here, I think I think there's an I think there's there is an importance to it. Um, I see. Here's the problem. The problem I have is the anonymity. Because I'd agree. Um, and I'm not going to start naming schools. How about this? Here's here's what I'll do. I will take you. Let's pretend that we're talking about 1986 when I graduated high school. Because if I if I start naming schools now. I'm not going to be the bad guy and hear from the principal or the AD tomorrow since I know so many people around town who go, why would you call our school out? So let's take it back to 1986, okay? The 1986 records from the Sunrise and Sunset Division. If a coach is talking from basic high school back then, then, yeah, they're not going to come to your school. Okay, so I don't know where the coach is talking about where the worst in my life in Vegas. We've right. had more ex-UNLV coaches come by. I don't know what school that's from. What if it's a school that doesn't have talent? You know what I'm saying? So I compare it to back in 86, Basic, Bonanza. Those were schools that they were they were at the bottom of the standings. Yeah. So I have a problem with there being anonymity. Now, I don't know what Marcus Arroyo's recruiting practices are. By the uh, way, for those who don't know, 2021 class, as Gramala points out, was third best in the Mountain West. So... So there For you whatever go. that's but worth. Now, 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 here's the thing. I, uh, on Throw the Flag, week one, our inaugural show, we had Hunky Cooper on. Okay. Hunky Cooper is a former UNLV star, mm-hmm. Arena Football League god. Uh, he coached here in town, Canyon Springs, and he's a, an assistant at San Diego State. Him and Jeff Horton, former UNLV football coach uh, Jeff Horton, this is their territory. Okay? So they have the connections around town. They know who to call in terms of, like, who are those sleeper players? Who do we need to come get? Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. In defense of all schools around the country, like, people get on. The people have gotten on Bobby Houck, Tony Sanchez, now Mark Sorrell. Why can't you keep the big names home? Why can't? I got news for you. High school football players, basketball players, girls basketball players, softball players. Guess what? 
They don't want to stay home. A good portion, majority, I've covered high school sports in this town. It's been since the pandemic. I haven't covered any because the complexion of high school coverage changed. But prior to that, I've been covering high school. These kids want to leave town. They want to go away. They want to experience college elsewhere. So 85% of kids don't want to stay home. Mm -hmm. They want to go elsewhere. Why don't you want to stay home? Go to UNLV. Dorian Thompson-Robin went to UCLA. Brevin Jordan went to Miami. This one went there. This one went there. We could have stayed home. They could have built a power program. They don't want to stay home. They want to go on the road. That's why people want to come to Las Vegas. That's why Marcus Arroyo and his staff are probably recruiting heavily, heavier out of state because kids don't – I've heard I, – as, as, as argumentative as this article is, and Mike Ramallah is a fantastic reporter, so he's probably spot on with what he's reporting, but how many kids have been offered that they end up going elsewhere? Mm. They don't stay home. So what about those kids? They want kids want to go out of state. They want to leave their parents. They want to go on the road. They want to experience college in other places. So, do I think that there needs to be a pipeline? Do I think that Marcus Arroyo and his crew need to recruit in Las Vegas? Absolutely. In the entire state for that matter. Hmm? Steal kids from Reno and bring them down here so they don't go to UNR. Hands down. But that doesn't mean that he needs to isolate and 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 dominate his recruiting in here and visit every single school make it a point to come out and write letters and visit and make the calls there's also it's a two-way street so what i say and you're kind of going down this road i would say that it's not necessarily important that your roster is littered with guys you know from las vegas no but i think it's clear by the tone of this article that maybe you could extend an olive branch and repair some of the relationship because this is a i was surprised by the negativity of these quotes Right, yeah, I, and, I agree, and that's. I think that would be my takeaway. I don't know if it would be, hey man, you got to hit the trail and you got to bring kids onto the roster. Look, I said, third best recruiting class in the Mountain West. It's a relatively positive thing. Uh, Two thousand twenty-one. This is his third year. Yeah, and this okay. is his third year. And let's not forget that the first year was destroyed by a pandemic in which high school football yeah. was damn near non-existent. So let's not forget about that. So in rebuilding a program that has been non-existent in terms of winning outside of a couple of bowl games in, in the last however many years, uh, he has to go out and use his power that he had in the Pac-12 up in Oregon, right, in recruiting and, and channeling that those avenues that he knows well before he does anything and at the same time communicate. But that first year was damaged. Last year was his first real year. Now he's realistically in his second real year. So give him a minute. Give him a chance. I get the story. I get the article. I want to know. I want to know if that story is written when Tony Sanchez was the coach, when Bobby Houck was the coach, when Sanford was the coach. What the tone would be? Who is who is the greatest local recruiter? Who's had the and, most? Probably Tony. Yeah. I would say Tony oh, probably brought the locals in because of his connection with with Gorman. But again, all these college coaches know that a lot of kids, a majority of kids, especially the big names. They are not staying home. They want to go bye-bye. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Cofield and Company presents... Hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Grab bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Vegas. 
Stick your hand in there, Dave. Ari, since um, since I messed up a call in Audible, don't worry about the sounder because you'd have to do something here. 702-364-1100, caller number seven. You get two tickets August 31st, Luke Bryan at Resorts World Theater for three shows. How about that? Labor Day weekend, August 31st. Check it out. Two tickets August 31st. Caller number seven, 702-364-1100. Week three of preseason, the final until has begun. Green Bay, 7-3 yep. to three over Kansas City, 12.50 left in the second quarter. And the Houston Texans... 7 nothing over the 49ers, 2.42 left in the first. Have you made any preseason bets? Not a lot. No. Yeah, I think I made three. I've hit all three, Willie. I'm 3-0 and in the preseason, 100%. My play, whale plays of the day. Um, no, I mean, I've made three. That's it. Based on information or something like that. Didn't really want to get involved this year. I went hiking. Okay. You, you know, I hike a lot. Went hiking with a couple of couple of guys. And one of the guys said that he was 12-2 and two in the preseason that was after week one. I was going, week one, 14 play. What? I'm sure, that's real. <laughs> Anywho. Sorry, I don't mean to accuse your friend of lying. I'm kind of with you. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I like it. Stick your hand in there, dude. Uh, all right. A serious note when it comes to, oh, this flies back. God. Was, we were just talking about how it had gone for the rest of the show, and now it's back. Um Quite the headline and story that comes across as we were doing the show. You and I have been reading up on this, so we get some of the facts correct here. Uh, but it's a very serious one. Manoriza, as he is known, the punt god, the punter who won the starting job for the Buffalo Bills, former San Diego State Aztec, um, and two other players have been accused in a gang rape lawsuit from his days back at San Diego State. Um, the rape allegedly of a 17-year-old girl. The details of the story are horrific. And for the crowd who wants to go, oh, opportunity because you won the job, huh? This girl went to the police immediately after what happened and what transpired the event the day after. So it's not one of those things where he wins a starting job and she decides to do this. This has been going on behind the scenes for quite a long time. But now this is something to watch develop because if what we're reading in these reports are true, Willie, this is an absolutely disgusting act. Yeah, it's it's pretty graphic. Um, this LA Times story I retweeted, so it's near the top of my timeline. Um, the thing that I'm a little confused at, I wish we would have saw this when we had Xavier on, is it's a civil lawsuit. Mm. So even though she went right afterwards and... I believe in the article it said that it is still currently under investigation. It is. Yeah. But usually you see the civil come after the criminal. Right. Um it's it's now in court, and I mean, and there 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 are police records apparently. Um, There's a rape. I, I, I really don't want to read the graphics. I no. mean, the the details in in one part. Um, it talks about her coming out of a room, um, but it's I when I say graphic, it's it's horrifying. It's if, if this is true, it's it's pretty horrifying. And if they have, if she went the next day and she has rape tests. Uh, I just don't, you know, I mean, I'm always of, I'm always a skeptical one. I will say that. I'm always of the, you know, innocent until proven guilty. But the details in this and the fact that she went to the police right afterwards and there are rape kits done, um, I I don't know how the Buffalo Bills and the NFL do not act immediately until this is cleared up. Right. We've seen it before, so 
keep an eye on this story because this is not going away. And this is, um, as we've echoed a couple of times now, a horrific act, if indeed it's what happened. All right, we get a winner? Stick your hand in there, Dave. Nice. What do we got? Richard. Congratulations to Richard on winning the tickets. Thank you very much for Richard's listening. Going to see Luke. Huh? Richard's going to see Luke. Oh, yeah. yeah Richard's going to see Luke Bryant. Yes, yeah, so Richard, congratulations. Thank you very much for listening and for calling in. All right, I got a couple things for you. First off, you bet in week zero college football. Uh, I'm not a big – here's the thing. It's kind of weird, but I'm not really a big better anymore. I used to be major, major player. Okay. But I don't really bet. Now, Are you into week zero college football? I am. I'm into it. Okay. You know, and I do so much writing about sports betting, but, you know, I I would have considered myself sort of borderline sharp, you know, 20 years ago, JVT, but now with everything that else that I got going, it's it's sort of – I kind of feel like – like for you as a media member, the, the kind of media member that you are, your media member, your, your credential, your involvement is studying wholeheartedly everything where I feel as if my – judgment is clouded because i'm covering from a journalistic standpoint it's kind of like i think i know where you're looking at the things that you're supposed to be known so i would have looked at those things years ago but now i i'm so busy so wrapped up in things but i will write about things i'll read stuff i'll read your stuff i'll read you know whatever i just and then i i will write and formulate an opinion and maybe ghostwrite some stuff and throw some stuff so or throw some some analysis here and there i like the play that i threw it um Brad, even though For he, he like, yeah, even though he likes the other side. Well, I think he just doesn't like Willie Taggart. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah, so that was the we've been opposite on some things last year. When we would be down here, or you know, and and I'd be host co-hosting, and and he'd be like, oh, I'm on the other side, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Bowl games. There was a lot of bowl games. Yeah, he was completely opposite. Now the bowl games, I'll play. I have, a, I actually have. A, I designed a computer on a spreadsheet. It's an old school, what the computer boys used to do without all the variables and taking and tweaking and this because I'm not doing all that. But I have written formulas, and I have a spreadsheet program that I do for the bowl games. And it generally, if, if you were to bet it properly, mm-hmm. it, this discipline, it'll win. I bet UConn okay. catching 27 against Utah State. Mm-hmm. I was texting to Steve about this. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Logan Bonner. Starting quarterback for Utah State. Injures his knee in a pretty severe way in the L.A. Bowl back in December. Yeah. And um, don't know what's happening with him, whether or not he's going to even be available for this game. Brad brought up a great point. They have Alabama up next. So I don't know if you're just going to wait and see if he's fully healthy for that game, if you're going to put him out there, or if we're even going to put him out. Because think about the situation for Utah State for the first two weeks. It's your 27-point favorite. I don't know if they consider that. But you're taking on lowly UConn. Mm-hmm. Your backup quarterback's a guy who actually led you to the bowl win. And next week you're facing Alabama. Why would you put Logan Bonner at risk in those two games? Yeah, and uh, was it didn't UConn? Was it last year before the season? And they went through all that stuff with, with Etzel. Okay, so isn't this the year that sort of the rebranded year that you would think that they're going to come out? Now I will say that I'm always that's a big number, but it's usually the opposite. Like I always look at when teams, power teams, come across the country. And play it, play the uh, teams in the mountain region, especially with high altitude, and they're coming from like, you know, like let's say the West Virginias, or mm. they 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 come in and they hit BYU, they hit Wyoming. Like Wyoming's a big one. Like if I see Week Zero, Wyoming's catching points from some power. I'll generally I'll look at that and write it up just because it's like okay, you really don't know what you're expecting when you go to Laramie, right? You know, um, 
But I wonder if that's way too many points just in general with that program because they've sort of wanted to rebrand themselves. They're pretty solid. I mean, for UConn. Yeah. They have a solid, they have yeah, a solid team I mean. for them. Yeah. Jim Mora Jr. thinks he's a good coach. Yeah. They got a transfer from Penn State and a quarterback, some some returning talent. You sold me. I'm going yep. right over to the Williams Sportsbook. Check that out. Yeah. Also, I'm going to wait and see how high this number gets. I, I'm going to be on Hawaii. I, I know. That's, I, I, I can't do it. How about what he said? I thought this was interesting. It's further to travel from Vanderbilt yep. to Hawaii than it is from Nebraska to Dublin. Nebraska yep. to Dublin. Yep. Did you do you realize that royalty has walked in the house? Who no. Paul oh. Gutierrez yeah, from ESPN yeah. has joined us for the last thirty seconds. Incredible. He's not jumping on, but he, he timed here. it perfectly. Yeah, he timed it perfectly. Because he knew if he would have been here any time sooner, we would have forced him to talk about how Bill Belichick and the Patriots invaded the Raiders' facility. As long as they go under their win total of 8.5, I am uh, perfectly fine with it. All right, that's it. Silver 7's is the spot. We'll see you tomorrow here on Cofield and Company.